0: Good morning. Good
1: morning. Okay, we just uh, we just got back from vacation and we went to a couple of events where the speaker would uh, didn't quite have everybody's attention. So we're going to try that one more time. <laughs> Good morning, church. Good, Good morning. morning. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Today we're going to talk on James five. Uh, today's scripture message discusses the fallacy of chasing riches. Some in this world chase money to the exclusion of all else. And it it has consumed them, which can lead to death and destruction. We'll also discuss those who have persevered and stayed faithful in Christ for the reward of salvation. First of all, before we get into that, I want to thank Pastor Zach again. He's doing what what Jesus is asking him to do, to disciple others, to, to bring them up in the Lord, to give them the courage to come up here. This is not easy. This isn't easy for anybody if you've ever contemplated getting up in front of a crowd. This is a packed church. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> incredible. But it's incredible to see that because without a packed church, we don't have a church, you That's know. Right. Um, it's so good to see. So good to see so many that want to be fed the word of the Lord. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to do that for you today. Amen. So thank you, Pastor Zach. Um Let's see. First of all, I'd like to open in prayer. If everybody close their eyes, please. Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would anoint our service this morning. Help me to spread your word, Lord, that those who have ears would hear. Lord, anoint our service today and give us a good word, Lord. Lord, we ask now that you bless our service. In Jesus' name, come in. Amen. So before we begin, we're going to go back to... Uh, James 4, 7. Zach told me, he gave me permission to throw him under the bus this morning, so that's what I'm <laughs> going to do. Um, he had forgot uh, James four seventeen. 17. Uh, this chapter is talking about boasting and bragging about all things we're going to do without due honor to the one who gives us breath. So we, um, in James 4, 16, we are told that all blessings, all boasting and bragging is evil. So conversely, 17 tells us, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. How do we know the good we ought to do? Anybody ask that ever? Scripture is one way, but more importantly, I believe the Holy Spirit tells us what to do through prayer prayer and discernment. (coughs) If we are listening intently for that still quiet voice after prayer, which we should all be doing, uh, there should be a silence and a pause. And if we choose to ignore the conviction on something we know that is right and good, but make the choice to ignore it, we are in sin. So there you go, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> now, on to James 5, 1 through 6. And we're going to begin with that passage. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the, minis- the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth is rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you fail to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvest harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. So, riches can start out with an obsession to be rich in this world um, and the envy of others to be at that same level in life. It can consume souls. Is, is it any wonder why our Father in Heaven despises the rich? Maybe some of these folks started out with a passion for Jesus. Honestly, it doesn't take much thinking to understand why Jesus has told us we cannot serve two masters. In Matthew six twenty four. Jesus tells us, no one can serve two masters. Either you you will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Should we envy the rich and wish we could be like them? Or is our time better spent on being thankful for what God has blessed us with? Do we catch ourselves emulating the worldly? Or might it be better to focus all of our love and attention on the one who gave us everything? In my last visit with everyone, we talked about compassion. It should become easier to see why obsession with wealth blots out love. It blots out compassion. It certainly overtakes mercy. And eventually it blocks out our Abba, Father God. What we are left with is our own desires, including the desire to brag on our own accomplishments. The unfulfilled and sometimes fulfilled desires of the flesh
2: the changes in the way
1: others are treated are no as no longer equal and the never-ending downward spiral spiral of more and more all of that never satisfied or grateful soon the focus shift in the mind away from the godly walk becomes one of always seeking more earthly desires what happens when we have everything we have ever wanted on earth you ever contemplated that wow if i was rich I would be so I would do this and I would do that. So what happens to the rich when they get that way? They they run out of things to do, see, buy. Some can buy anything they want in this world. What happens after that Eunus wears off? I was talking about our, our suburban the last time I was, we were talking, I don't know, some but some of those that that weren't here, I had a suburban, we had a we bought a brand new suburban that was the big thing in life and 20 years later the thing is full of rust. It's just mm-hmm. it's gone and it's it's easy to see how the Things can rust and get mothy. So we've got to be careful about how we look at this life. It's very, very short, very short. Some of the uh, elders in this church will understand that better than anybody. They can look back and look at pictures and go, wow, 40 years ago already. I can't believe that. They look at a picture of them and their kids. You know, now, we, now Leanne and I look at our grandkids, and it's like, wow, I cannot believe how much time went by. Um so we, the, the people that are rich, they are always seeking more earthly desires. What happens when we have everything we ever wanted? Um, there are folks who are were wealthy beyond their dreams who have committed suicide. Does this make any sense to us? It might, uh, it might if we know that the earth and all of that's in it, and it's not truly fulfilling. It doesn't satisfy our need for what God created us for. And so without God, we're always longing for more. We're lacking in what it is that we're seeking, and we live an ever-unfulfilled life. We have to seek God. God is, you know, we seek Jesus. And when your focus shifts from uh, from one of seeking wealth to seeking Jesus, Jesus takes care of that. He takes care of all of our needs. So, Can it be said, then, that an obsession with money is a form of idolatry? Could we say, then, that the fear of losing wealth gets overridden with the everyday necessity to hoard more wealth? Jesus gives us a perfect example of the love of wealth versus loving Jesus in Mark 10, 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looked at him and loved on him. One thing you lack," he said. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Anybody think that this guy followed him? Okay. The answer to that is that this man, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He wasn't willing to give up one penny to follow Jesus. I'm not pointing my fingers here, but we get the picture of what amazing wealth does to blot out the very thing we should all be striving for, the search for treasures of heaven. Wealth in itself is not sin, but most likely becomes sin when we forget that it is a blessing from above and not individual effort alone that creates the gain. I believe God blesses hard work, and the lack of hard work can lead to a slothful life. A lack of hard work can create other distractions if we are not careful. Yeah. I think of the devil's playground, you know, we hear that. I don't know how many how many have heard of the devil's playground? Okay. What's it? No, I don't mind. An not Mind. Yeah. Devil's yeah. Playground. He can't wait to get in there if you're not thinking I... of Jesus and bring you down. Um, now I'm gonna ask some fun questions. How many like dirty dishes? Not me. Not a hand in the house. How about laundry? Anybody? You like laundry? Clean laundry. Sweet. I like clean laundry. I How about garbage? Anybody like garbage? House cleaning and repairing. Anybody like that one? <laughs> cleaning bathrooms, what? <laughs> cleaning bathrooms is <this> fun. Hmm. <laughs> do it for about 40, 50 years. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, I'm going to use Leanne. I'm not going to throw you under the bus, though. Um, She used to say, we used to talk about, what are you going to do this weekend? Dishes, laundry, and garbage.
0: She'd
1: go, dishes, laundry, garbage, oh my. I'm going, yes. Do we wake up thankful for dirty dishes? How about laundry or garbage, or a house that needs cleaning? Without abundance and blessings from God, we might not have any of these things. Thank you, Abba, Father, for the joy of being blessed with the provision of these things and our ability to purchase them with our time, talent, and money. Dirty dishes means we are blessed with food to eat to dirty them. Laundry means we are blessed to have clothes to wear and then wash. A full garbage can mean we are blessed with the abundance of the remains of products we need to live. Bet you never thought of that way about garbage before. It gives you a new way of thinking about it. Every time you see the garbage can now, Zach, you'll be wow. Great. We're blessed. Yeah, so. How about house cleaning and repair? Ever get tired of your house? Many in the world would beg to be blessed with a house like yours, even if it's even in its worst condition. So. Maybe Jesus was letting us know just how blessed we are when he stated in Matthew 8 20, saying, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. If Jesus has no place to lay his head, and he was a wanderer, he was a traveler, of course. He he traveled and preached. I mean, he really didn't have a home. But I guess the point is that we need to be, we need to be very happy when we go home today that we have a nice warm home to go home to It'd be even better if it was 40 below but you know everybody doesn't want that right <laughs> are we grateful for jesus to jesus for teaching us he's our teacher he's our master our wonderful counselor our shield and buckler now that's one of my favorites i love that he's our shield and buckler you ever hear that one? Jesus, he's our shield and buckler. It's like He, he's like an uh, Avenger that has the power. You know, I love that. One of my faves with Jesus is our shield and buckler. He watches us, takes care of us, makes sure that we have food to eat, clothes to wear, house to clean, garbage to throw in. Love that. It's so good. He's our Savior. He's the King, of King, and the Lord of Lords. Amen. He does not provide us with what we need, or does he not provide us with what we need every day? Yes. I think he does. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Are we responsible with these blessings? In Luke twelve forty-seven and 48, Jesus tells us the following. That servant who knows his master's will and does not get ready or does not do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does the, who does not know and does things deserving of punishment will be beaten with a few blows. If you don't know, it's you're going to get an easier punishment on that. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. We must always be ready to learn to do the Father's will, the way He wants it done, not the way we choose to do it. I want to read that again. We must always be ready to learn to do the Father's will the way he wants it done, not the way we choose to do it. Many times I think we we decide we're going to do it our way.
0: You know?
1: And maybe you're in a project or something where you're getting really angry, and the more you get into it, the more angry you get. You know, and this thing isn't working and this thing isn't working. You ever... Men of the group, men of the church here, have you ever been in a project where you're just going, Oh, this thing, I just can't get it? Where you just, or you're just you're frustrated because you're a guy, right? You're supposed to be able to get this stuff, you're supposed to be able to get in here and get this fixed, right? Now I'm gonna ask you another question. Have you ever took a break, walked away from it, and said, you know what? The Lord does not want me to get this done today. The Lord does not want me. The Lord does not want me to start this weed whipper today because it will not start. And I am I am pulling my hair out trying to get this thing started. And I've spent 30 minutes, and I'm huffing and puffing. and You know, you wouldn't think a little, you know, if you ever pull a weed whipper, you could, you know, you do that. But do that about 150 times, and eventually
0: you're
1: going, you know. I would suggest to walk away from it. Walk away from it. Give it some time. Maybe the Lord is protecting you from something. Maybe yeah. He's keeping you from something that you're going to get in even deeper with. Mm-hmm. I was the guy that was very tenacious. I would get into projects like that, and I would get in big trouble. I'd end up getting cut up hands. I walked in with a with our lawn tractor one time and um, couldn't get the blades off of the, the old one. I'm under it under some stuff, and I'm and I'm really pushing on a wrench, and I'm holding on. I'm holding on the blade. roll. Well, finally gave. And it cut a great big gash in my hand and I walked in and she said, I think you need stitches. I said, No, nah, I just throw a band-aid on her. I'm a guy, we throw a band-aid on it, right? Anyway, the point being, we want to make sure that, that there are times in our lives where we have to take a break. Take a pause. Pray about it. There's nothing wrong with praying about it. Lord, if it's your will today, I'll I'll be able to weed back. Isn't that a great thought? So That's the myth. Don't give it too much time to let it go. (laughs) We must always be ready to learn to do the Father's will his way. He wants it done, not the way we choose to do it, but the way he wants it done. We must be well-read in the word to know and understand what he wants, but also what we have been given in order to be entrusted to take on more for the kingdom. As, as Pastor Zach said in last week's sermon, we want to be aligned. We want to be in alignment with God. It's his will. We want to be in alignment with him, not the other way around. It's not his job to get us out of binds or anything else. Maybe we're in a bind because we belong We deserve to be there. We've got to be careful. We got to be in his will. Do we, find, do we find ourselves asking if we are good stewards of what's been blessed with? Are we content with what's been given? Are we grateful for the gifts we've been blessed with? Can you turn your eyes on what's ahead in the hope of faith in Jesus? Are we lukewarm in spirit, or do we have a fire in our belly for the promise of Jesus and his everlasting forever gift of eternal life? Are we laser-focused on the race ahead every day, as Paul describes in 2 Timothy 4 7 through 8, which says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Shouldn't we be doing our best to seek that crown and finish the race strong? Amen. In James 5, 7 through 12, we read the following Be patient then, brothers. I'm going to talk about patience. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and the spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, As an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, as you know. We consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen that the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by the heaven, by earth, or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. How many you have heard the term "thick" or "thin skin"? Anybody? So, anybody consider themselves thick-skinned? What is thick skin? Thick skin means you can take it all. Somebody can holler at you, and you kind of go, it goes in one ear and out the other. Thin skin is the opposite of that. Thin skin is uh, you're you're very you're very personable. You're very uh, you might be meek. Um, you might. Might be uh, blown over by a leaf, you know. So, that being said, how many? How many here? Let's see. How many here consider themselves patient with those that holler at them? <laughs> you got two. That's good. <laughs> Three. Wow. Awesome. So you guys would be considered thick skin. Ooh, this is good, right? Rest of us are thin skin. Don't pick us uh, on us or else. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how about that, how about that boss, let's see, before we do that, let's see, how about the boss who is always on you about every little thing? How about the driver on the road who has cut you off or haunts at you, and runs a light in front of you, and so you, that you have to slam on the brakes? I bet there's probably nobody here who's ever driven that's ever had that happen to them, right? <laughs> Hardly ever. Has Satan whispered in your ear from time to time about who might be talking about you behind your back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ever thought, man, oh, wow, that person's talking about you. Would that be thin skinned? Maybe we need to get a little thicker skinned and realize that yeah. everybody has problems. Everybody goes through issues, troubles. Um, the thing <laughs> that we have to tell ourselves sometimes is that maybe Satan is listening in our ear, whispering in our Trying to tell us something that, look, you know, get back behind me, Satan. I'm not going to listen to what you have to say today. Perhaps our own sense of self is insecure about the world and those around us. Mm-hmm. I feel like I there's times when I fall so short of this. Um, Pastor Zach said it best. I'm preaching at me today and not at, at just at you. I'm preaching at a lot of, I'm a human being. Like everybody else here, where I go through struggles. Um, I don't. Sometimes I don't even know how I got up here. It's it's really really strange. <laughs> 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 but there that being my, <laughs> but that being as it may, um, some there's some days where I, I fall short. I, I think about things like that and um, like to tell you a fun traffic story. So. This officer's out on patrol one day, and he's he's doing his beat. Pretty soon, he sees he sees this car weaving in and out of traffic and hitting the brakes and brake checking people and swerving off and cutting them off, and and he finally goes, "All right, I I can't take it anymore. I better I better pull this person over and see what's going on." You know? So he pulls <laughs> them over, and it used to be it used to be we used to get out of our car and walk back to the police. Now it's the other way around. Now we stay in our car and he gets out or he or she gets out and they come up and they walk up to you. So he got out of his car and he walks up to this person's car. He said, hey, I had to run a check on your car today, you know, because you were weaving in and out of traffic. And when I pulled you over, I saw, I saw a fish with the cross symbol on the back end of it. And I was wondering if somebody stole your car. (laughs) so are there Christians that drive like that absolutely are they do they do they have the patience to be able to say maybe what's happening here is the Lord is keeping me from an accident maybe this person that's driving one mile an hour ahead of us and you know maybe there's something ahead of them have the patience to pray through it pray to the Lord that there's a reason there's got to be a reason why I can't whip through traffic here. So, and be a Christian. Be a Christian about it. Don't, mm-hmm. don't uh, give funny gestures, funny <laughs> faces. <laughs> don't use your hands. Anything like that if you're a Christian, always remember you're a Christian. You've got look, God watches you and you model to others. Amen. So be careful. Be careful when you're on the road. And behind somebody that you want to cuss out. (laughs) So if we can find the patience on the road, let us consider that perhaps we are being kept from an accident. Had we been a split second either ahead or behind where we might have been on the roadway, do we show Jesus our patience and perseverance as we put our faith and trust in him with every aspect of our lives? Or do we put it upon ourselves to act in defiance and suffer the consequences of our own um, impatient actions on so many occasions. I will wait upon the Lord. Yep. Yeah. Does anyone here feel like they're patient about the return of the Lord? Yeah. Everybody ready for the Lord to return? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. I, I am as well. How many examples of patience can we come up with in our minds of years and years of patience with some of the biblical characters? How about the Israelites who waited 400 years for the Lord to set them free? How about Joseph in prison? Uh, How about Job trusting God through all Satan's uh, schemes? Everybody know the story of Job? So so Job was pretty much, he was all God all the time. That's the kind of guy he was. But Satan made a deal with the Lord to mess up his life a little bit and he pretty much lost everything he had patience through all of that he persevered and he's a great example of patience and perseverance if we get into trouble we get into spots where we should be angry think about think about the patience of job He had a lot i wish i had one hair of what he has it's so great um there are multiple examples of patience and suffering in the bible in this world, and Jesus did not leave us alone in any of it. He's coming soon. Be patient and pray. If any here suffered, get evenism. Anyone? Has anyone here ever heard this phrase before? As soon as I get even with that so-and-so, then everything will be good. We'll be on good terms, right? going to get even with that guy. Is that the way to live? Probably not, If any of you watched any of you watched the old westerns, it's a pretty common theme. You know, the the cowboy gets, you know, he gets killed or whatever, and, that, and his brother says, "I'm going to get even with that guy." I swear, I swear to God, I'm going to get even with that guy. No. It sounds laughable when we talk about it in church, but it can be real, and many have done it and thought and not thought twice about it. Right. Be careful before God; it may be the last thing you do. Anybody think we can swear to get even with somebody? Yeah. I'm going to get even with them tomorrow What if the Lord takes you tonight and asks you why you were thinking those thoughts. Something to ponder. In Romans 12, we are told that vengeance is the Lord's. We aren't in enough control of our next breath to swear vengeance on anyone. And I believe that this message is conveyed is here. All of us need to think, that, think this through very carefully before we ever consider swearing. This is not the cussing kind of swearing. As Christians, we shouldn't be cussing anyway, but <laughs> this is an oath type of swearing. This is this is the type of swearing where you're swearing an oath. Um, we got to be committed to keeping it no matter what in our minds. If you read the Bible, and I, if somebody calls me on this, that's fine. Maybe I'll have them look up the court, but the Lord says, don't do that because I'm going to hold you to that oath. You make an oath to the Lord, that's a real thing to you. He's yeah, going to yeah. say, you make it to me, you better do it. Because if you don't do it, you're going to suffer for that. Um, I'm going to move on here to James 5, 13, 19. And it reads, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Mm-hmm. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this: whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I'm going to read that last one to get to. I love that. I love that passage. That gives us an opportunity—that it's an unbelievable opportunity—to bring Jesus to people. Amen. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So, if we bring somebody, if we bring somebody back from sinning, what does God do for us? He covers over a lot of our sin, our personal sin that we've had in life. He'll cover over that. What a blessing! What a, what a, an Easter egg, if you will. <laughs> you heard of the Easter eggs in movies? That's that's an Easter egg. <clears throat> on prayer. Now shouldn't we shouldn't prayer go without saying? Let's ponder that play on words for a moment. Should prayer go without saying or should we be praying openly about everything? How many of us are sometimes embarrassed to be in public and openly pray before a meal? Ever caught yourself in a public setting, you're in a meal and there's a, everybody's out there and it's all loud and all of that and Think about it for a second. Well, maybe maybe I'll make a silent prayer. I'll just do this really quick. Be bold. The Lord tells us to be bold. You might change somebody else's mind. Somebody else might start praying as well. Maybe somebody at the Alleluia. table next to you starts Amen. saying, "Wow, Amen. that guy's praying." That's how I feel, but I don't. I don't want to. You know, I, I'm too embarrassed to do that. But that guy's doing it. Maybe I can do that. Amen. You know, get yourself get yourself some bold. Put on some bold, yes. <laughs> especially the men of the church. Yeah. Men, should, yeah. men of the church should be bold. You should be yeah. leading your families. Yeah. Have I always done that? No. I'll be the first to, you know, my, my hand is held high. I don't always do it. I'm, I'm trying to change all of that. We don't pray enough. God loves our prayer. He loves to hear us speaking directly to him. And, and we're going the wrong way with it. We need to change it. So the next time, take this, the next time you're out, out to eat with your family, tell them, look, we're going to stop. We're going to pray before our meal. We don't care who sees us. Hopefully Amen. somebody sees that and says, yeah, I want to be like that guy. He's he's being bold. He's praying. That's great. How many of us confess our sins to each other? Now, that's a good that's a good one right there. How where do we have the trust to... to uh, say to one another, you know, I'm going to tell you my problems. I'm going to tell you what's going on in my life, and I need some prayer. I need I need somebody to pray for me because without that prayer, I'm feeling lost I'm, I'm suffering, I'm hurting, and I need I just need somebody, I need to tell somebody. So, if you're given a confidence in church especially, you better keep that. Don't talk about somebody else's problems, okay? Keep that confidence. They're 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 trusting you enough yeah. to say something in confidence to you mm-hmm. that they don't want anybody to know. And they opened up and said something to you that you get to you get you can carry that and help them carry it. That's what they're hoping for. They're hoping that you're gonna say something. Pray to God for them. Pray to God that He'll heal them or He'll help them or He will get them through a situation or some storm in their life that they're fighting, you know. They're fighting, they're fighting their marriage. They're fighting I mean, I could make I could name a million of these things. Take the time to listen and do not. And if you're a if you're a storyteller, you better not listen. Tell them, look. I'm going to direct you to somebody that can really help you here. There's some that are stronger in the faith that, that can stand up with you and listen to your prayer and prayerfully give you a prayer. I venture to say it's a borderline issue, and it was never meant for a, by our creator to be this way. We should be able to tell each other our problem. Jesus wants us to pray in all matters. Yes, we pray silently, but when we pray openly, we model this for others. But they too can model for the next, and the next, and the next. It is better to be a fake it till you make it prayer warrior than sitting on the sidelines wishing you were better. You ever fake it till you make it? Start faking it. Start faking it till you feel it, and once you feel it, You'll start feeling it strong and stronger and stronger. You'll get to be a better prayer warrior because of that. People aren't going to laugh at you for praying. They're just not. You might, maybe the, maybe the guy out when you're eating dinner, but so what? You're showing somebody else that isn't laughing over there how you pray. We're modeling. We're modeling for people around us that, that need prayer. So, How many in here like Reese's peanut butter cups?
0: Anybody? I'm a
1: peanut butter. Reese's peanut butter. You know what, what the commercial says? There's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of uh pull back on this a little bit there. There are wrong ways to, to pray to Jesus, but there's no wrong way to, to start prayer. Amen. Start prayer. Start it. Well uh, the Elders of the church, um, and Zach will, will help you move along and the things maybe you shouldn't pray for, but um, you should start praying, start working on yep. prayer, start working on your prayer life. So anyway, that's what I that was a fun commercial thing for me. Uh, can you imagine praying like Elijah, having the kind of faith and knowing that when he prayed for a hard rain, it started raining? Can you imagine him calling down fire from heaven? How would you like to have that kind of power through the Lord? The Lord says, you want fire, I'll give you fire. That's amazing to me. Can any of us say we're that kind of prayer person? Wow, that is something to be emulated. Finally, brothers and sisters, if one of us is in trouble, can we do our best if we're asked to pray for someone to steer them back on course if they're wandering? If we do our best, pray with them and help steer them back to truth, the best is yet to come for both. Let's hit this last verse in James five as we, re, as a reminder. Remember this: whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way, will save him from death and cover a multitude <laughs> of sins.
0: Amen.
1: Isn't that a great promise and the great Easter egg in the Bible? It's one of the one of the, those are so good. When I when I find those Easter eggs in the Bible, we talk about movies. Uh, you ever hear the Easter eggs in the movies? Anybody? Easter eggs in movies? Nobody. Man? Yeah. Got one. Got two. Young people know it probably more than, than old people do. They go back through and they'll look at something in a movie and see something in the background and say, wow, that's an Easter egg, because what it does is it'll tie into something else in a movie. This passage is a great Easter egg that you can take with you today. Isn't it a great promise and a great Easter egg? For those movie watchers out there, reference, this is a great find. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, do it today. You don't—you might not have tomorrow. You might not have an opportunity to say it. So I'm asking you now, today, if you want to come up for prayer, Zach will be coming up. Um, I'll be here. I'd like to ask the, the ladies also to come up today and, and pray as well. we we'll pray over some, maybe Betty and Pastor's Boy. And anybody that that feels that they they want to pray over somebody today to help them come to Jesus, He's waiting for you. You might not live till tomorrow. You might not. You might be in an accident on the way home today. Make it today. Make it now. Amen. I thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Amen.
3: That last scripture an important scripture, because I think a lot of times when someone walks away from God, sometimes in the church we can look at them and throw them away, but that's not, that's not what the church is called to do. Restoration, that's what the church is called to do, to bring people back to Christ. So when someone walks away, don't throw them away, but reach for them, show them the love of Jesus Christ. Because their soul is worth saving. It changes your mindset. It changes the things that you do when you do that. If you want prayer today, as this as as I turn on some music, I, I want to invite you to come to the front. I want to pray with you. Let's let's stand together. If you if you're looking and you need a change in your life, this is a time for you. In a few moments we'll leave this place, we'll go off to do our thing. And, We'll have lunch, and we'll do all these things, and we'll move on with the week, but can you just for a moment right now evaluate your life? God, I need you. If you need prayer, I want to invite you to come. God, I pray that you would touch right now, that you would move in this house, God, that you would touch these people, God, touch our hearts, our lives, God. Help us to put aside the things that we've been thinking, God, the things that we're worried about, and to focus on you, God. God, we worship you in that. Before the earth was laid, what an awesome
0: price he paid. I owe it all, all to Jesus, all, every part of me, lying at his feet.
1: I owe it
0: all That every breath I take Rise to bring them praise To the glory of one name Jesus Oh is
3: Linda up here, she wanted to say something and, and she she asked if she could say something and she told me what it was and um I told her on one condition and so <laughs> I'm gonna let her come up here and she's got a couple of things she wants to say and then and then we're gonna get we're gonna put together, we'll get the chairs all cleaned up and start dropping speakers and all that stuff. But Linda go ahead.
2: Praise you Jesus. The Lord has laid on my heart for actually several weeks that the congregation needs to know that they need every single day to pray for the pastors of our church. Yeah. Yeah. You need to pray a hedge of protection around them and the fire of God around them. You know we get trials in our life but these are our pastors who need us and they teach us. And number one, Satan, more than anything, would love to stop what God is doing in our midst. So if you would just, if you would just say to God, I will pray. I don't care if you're at work. Lift them up. Lift them up. They need it. You know, and I sow, I sow with everything inside of me. Believe in this shepherd. I believe in this ministry. Yep. I believe that this entire city is going to know about this ministry. I believe it. I see it in my spirit, and I know it. And every time I come, there are more and more, and God's going to continue in abundance. But just make it known before God Almighty, you will pray for them. A hedge of fire that the enemy cannot touch them. And now I ask that you would all come and pray for Pastor Zach. Pray for your heart. Pray for everything inside of you. Lay hands up. Pray for him. Pray for his family.
0: Oh think I She was a shark. She
3: Uh, I just want to say this. The only reason why, like, I'm pretty pretty cautious when it comes to letting people say something, but I told you a little bit at the beginning of the service that I've been having some struggles, and so when she said that she wanted to ask the church to pray, I was like, yeah. God lays things on people's hearts. <laughs> I believe it, and and I need prayer. I'll admit it. I do. I've had some... And I know everyone goes through struggles, but Linda, you're right. <laughs> um, let's close in prayer today. God, I thank you for meeting us here today. God, I thank you for the wonderful presence of your spirit. God, I pray that you would touch us. God, that we leave this place, God, victorious. God. We know that you are victorious, God, and help us to pursue you throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen. A little bit of instruction, if you, if you want to help out today. uh get things all ready for construction, then there's a there's a little checkbox list on the other side. Uh, but we need to stack all the chairs just in the row that they're in. We'll stack those. Oh, Ashley's wheeling in the, the checkboxes now. Um, we're going to get things away from the...